Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, what's up, y'all? Welcome back into another episode of Believe in the ATP Tour. I'm your host, Jacob Sersosimo, and today you're listening on the Believe Network. Can you believe what happened in London at the O2 Arena for the Labor Cup? So much happened this year in the Labor Cup. Uh, it was historic for many, many reasons, but you can't undermine the fact that it was the last time we will ever see Roger Federer play competitive tennis. That's the major storyline around the Labor Cup and around the entire event and tournament and really the entire WTA and ATP schedule moving forward until the end of the year. It's all going to be about Serena Williams retiring and Roger Federer retiring. So let's get right into it. What happened at the Labor Cup and really what happened in Roger's last match? It was announced earlier in the week that Roger Federer's last match would be on Friday and it would be a doubles match. He said he didn't he wasn't going to play singles and from what we kind of know now and seeing how he plays and everything I don't know if his body could have handled singles with his knee injury and everything. To be honest, I, I, I mean, this is just my assessment of the whole thing. His knee and his body seems to be like in worse shape than I think a lot of people thought it would be. And I'm not saying as far as Roger not getting himself in shape to play competitive tennis again. I'm saying he, he's he been clear that his, his knee is breaking down and there's some things in his body that are breaking down to play at a high level again. I mean, my God, the guy's 41 years old playing against youngsters on a hard court surface, uh, and he's been doing it for so long. This stuff happens in tennis, and it's no secret that this stuff happens in tennis. However, I don't think anybody knew the severity of his knee prior to the Labor Cup uh, and how he could move or the lack thereof when it comes to playing on a tennis court. I thought he would play maybe singles at the Labor Cup. That might just be me being so optimistic about Roger, but he just played doubles, and it sounds like he didn't move the very best. Now, unfortunately, I didn't get a chance to watch his last match. I saw some highlights. I watched a little bit of it when I could, uh, but I talked to some people that watched it, and it seemed as if he didn't move you know, the way you should move if you're going to play competitive tennis on tour for a long period of time. And I guess that's why he's probably so such at peace calling it quits and being done and retiring and, you know, moving on to the next chapter of his life. But nevertheless, he's still Roger Federer. He's still got one of the cleanest forehands and backhands and serves in the history of tennis. And he's playing with Rafael Nadal. And those two are just a force to be reckoned with. Doesn't matter if it's singles or doubles. Now, these two played against Jack Sock and Francis Tiafo in doubles to kind of cap off night one at the Labor Cup. And I think the match lived up to its height or its hype. You know, Jack Sock, amazing doubles player. Francis Tiafo playing great tennis right now. I think this was a great matchup that John Johnny Mack put into store with the two goats. These guys would rise to the occasion and they would have some fun with it. And they did. Roger Federer, Nadal, they played actually a really good match. They win the first set 6-4. Sock and Tiafo win the second match in a tiebreaker. And then, you know, they like Federer and Nadal had real chances to win this match. They just couldn't close the door. And at the end of the day, it comes down to Francis Tiafo and Jack Sock winning the match tiebreaker 11-9. So Roger's last match he ever plays, he loses to a couple Americans. Now, if you would have told me that five years ago, I think everybody would have said, there's no way he loses to an American on his way out. But he does, and that's kind of where American tennis is right now. A lot of good doubles players, uh, and they're starting to rise to the occasion, as you saw Fran Francis Tiafo 
in New York, but I think there's a underlying reason why Roger Federer picks the Labor Cup and this place to really call it quits and be done playing tennis. And I think that is, yeah, wins and losses matter, but at the end of the day, it's not a grand slam. Um, th- this whole event is a celebration of tennis, the celebration of the best players in the world. You're not even playing for your country. You're playing for a continent or the other six continents when it comes to Europe or team world. So I think this is the one of the best places to retire, and I think we're going to see maybe a, a couple more players retire at this tournament. Now, you know, afterwards tears were shed. It was it was a scene to be seen. I'm 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 not lying when I say that. Uh Roger and Rafa really, you know, by each other's arms, by each other, you know, by each other's side this entire time. And I don't mean to take anything away from Novak Djokovic, but this is a true rivalry in tennis when it comes to Rafa and Roger. And I think it was you know, the real sign of the end of an era with Roger Federer leaving, but being able to do that with Rafa right there. And you saw how much it meant to Rafa. Rafa said in the post-match presser, you know, when Federer's leaving the tour, a little piece, a little piece of me is leaving the tour as well. That rivalry, that contest between those two goes back so far. So for Roger Federer to be done playing competitive tennis, it goes further than just one of the goats leaving the sport. Uh, he was such a staple in so many other players you know, in so many other players' development and so many other players being so good at the sport. Uh, Rafa and Novak Djokovic have been open about they wouldn't be where they are today if it wasn't for Roger. And Roger said the same thing. He wouldn't have got to the point he is today without those two. But Roger was really the first one to do it. And, you know, it's just tough seeing him leave because he's been such a staple of the sport for so long. But he says he's he's not going to be a stranger to the sport. He wants to come back. He wants to do things with tennis. He's always going to be involved in tennis. And I really think as tennis fans, that's all we can hope for. And I cannot wait to see what he does moving forward in the future. Now, there was a doubles practice between Murray, Djokovic, Rafa, and Roger that happened before the tournament, and they sold out. It looks like they sold out the 0-2. I think there's a lot more of that to come when especially the other three of the big four retire. They're going to sell out stadiums. Honestly, I'd pay a ticket to see it. One last fun fact about Roger. Uh, Tennis TV put this out there from Agassi to Ogier Aliassime. Roger Federer faced at least one player born every year since 1968 to 2000. That's insane. He's played everybody that was born from 1968 to 2000. Roger Federer, what an absolute icon of the sport. I I don't know what stats are going to come out when Rafa and all them retire, but man, it's going to be fun to see because these stats of Roger, you know, those guys got to play till they're 41, but these stats from Roger are insane. If you want to see more about Roger's retirement, it's all over social media. Go, I mean, go to my Twitter. I tweeted a bunch about it, and you can find more videos and salutes and everything from Tennis TV to ATP Tour to Labor Cup and every Grand Slam there in between. So, you can definitely find more. You can definitely see more. And uh, I'm not going to be able to cover everything in this one episode because we got to talk Labor Cup. We got to talk San Diego and really what's to come moving forward. Outside Roger Federer retiring, the Labor Cup, once again, a fantastic event. Like I mentioned the first day, how important that last match was. It's because Casper Ruud and Stefano Tsitsipas took care of business. They went up to a big 2-0 lead in day one, beating Sock and then beating Schwartzman. And to be honest, I kind of thought, well, Here we go again. You know, Team Europe's going to win this thing again, and it's not going to be even fun to watch. But then Alex de Manure comes out, the Demon, and he beats Andy Murray in a match tiebreaker, 
And then there's Sock and Tiafo, who I mentioned earlier, win. So it's 2-2 after day one, which was a massive, massive wins at the end of day one by Team World, if they were even going to stand a chance in this one. So we go to day two. Day two, worth more points, two points. Matteo Berrettini beats Felix Ogiele Asim. That surprised me a little bit, but I think Berrettini was well-rested from... You know, not knowing if he was even going to play in this. And he's playing really good tennis right now. So, bummer of a loss for FAA. But there goes the lead for uh, Team Europe. And then Taylor Fritz comes up big and beats Cam Norrie. So, those were two massive, massive wins. and uh, Or one massive win, I should say, to get them tied again. But then, you know, Djokovic comes into the comes into the match and beats Francis Tiafo, obviously, 6-1, 6-3. And then Djokovic and Berrettini beat Damon Uer and Sock. Uh, in straight sets. So then you think again, here comes Team Europe to do what Team Europe does, and that's win the Labor Cup. But in day three, it's the it's the Americans and the Canadian again. It is Jack Sock and Felix Ogiele Asim winning doubles over Bertini and Murray. And then FAA goes on to beat Novak Djokovic. And I've got to imagine the biggest win of his career, if if not one of them, right? Um, he beats him in straight set 6-3 and then beats him in a tiebreaker to win three points. That win was massive, and I think it really gave the Americans and Team World motivation moving forward. And then to seal it, Francis Tiafo beats Stefano Tsitsipas in a match tiebreaker, beats him 10-8, and Team World wins the Labor Cup. I believe this is the first time Team World's ever won this event, and it's been such a long time coming. They've been close a few times, but they've never actually gone there. And to be honest, it seems like changing of the guards when, you know, Roger Federer is retiring and moving out, and then you get confidence in guys like FAA and uh, Francis Tiafo and Damon Manure and Taylor Fritz. Those guys get some confidence and ride it and really beat some of the top guys in the world. Did I believe that Team World could actually win this? Not really, but did they? Absolutely. And it's really good to see because I think for us, for as far as like the Labor Cup goes, if Team World loses this one again, the committee or somebody's got to change something because it's been so long since somebody other than I mean Team Team Europe wins this every single year and usually it's not even close. So for Team World to come in this beat the win this 13-8, I really think keeps this format alive and really keeps things alive. But personally, you know, Sphere of getting hurt helps, and the Russians not being able to play in this tournament also helps Team World. So. A lot of things had to go right, but nevertheless, you can't diminish a win. Team World wins this one 13-8. All right, so much time I've spent on the Labor Cup, but how can you not? Because the Labor Cup is like literally the best thing that happens after the U.S. Open. ATP Finals, the biggest one coming up next. The Asian Swing is what's going on right now. But before we got to the Asian Swing, there was a tournament going on in San Diego that was during the Labor Cup. You want to know what it was called? The San Diego Open, <laughs> real, real unique. But it's a tournament that came back last year, and it was uh, a, it was a smash hit last year. Had some big names, obviously some of those big names playing in the Labor Cup this year due to injuries and just unique things that'll happen. So not as big of a names in this tournament, but I still think it's a fantastic tournament. The top seed, uh, Daniel Evans, he makes it to the semis. He loses to Marcos Giron. And uh, Giron has a really good tournament here. He's a three seed, and it's good to see that American kind of get going. A lot of Americans in this tournament, and you only wish they make it far and do something solid. And I think they showed up, and they did what they needed to do. The five seed, Brandon Nakashima, he knocks out uh, Christopher O'Connell in the semis 
to make it all the way to the final. J.J. Wolf loses in the second round. That was unfortunate. And Jensen Brooksby loses in the third round to O'Connell. So it really becomes Nakashima and Giron in the final. And Nakashima walks away with his first ever ATP Tour title. Uh, awesome to see. Um, he He's worked so hard. I think I've seen so many of his matches where he's right there. He's got fluid strokes. He's got a great game. But in this sport, it's sometimes it's so hard to just crack the top, right? Like just just get something going. And uh, Nakashima finally gets something going here at the San Diego Open. It was awesome to see uh, him get his first title and really somewhere where he can kind of move on now and you know be a force to be reckoned with when it comes to what's going on in American tennis and really on the ATP tour. He's been knocking on the doorstep for so long, and Nakashima finally gets his first dub on the tour, and now he's heading over to Asia for the Asian swing, and I believe he's already in Korea where the tournament's going on right now. I'm going to get to the Asian swing and kind of what's going on in this this week and next week and the following week and really until you know the, ne- the next month or so before we really get closer to the Davis Cup again and the ATP Finals, but I'm going to leave that for next week. I've talked already a bunch this episode. Uh, really, this episode's about Roger retiring and Team World winning the Labor Cup. That's the biggest thing going on in the world right now. What's next for tennis? Uh, like I said, Korea's happening, Israel's happening, Bulgaria's happening. But once we get into October, we get another ATP 500s in Tokyo, in Kazakhstan, and then it's kind of slow again, a bunch of ATP 250s. We go to Belgium, Sweden, Italy, but then 500s rack up again in Australia, Switzerland, before the Rolex Paris Masters that are in October and late October, early November. So that's a Masters 1000. After that, it's the ATP Finals, Davis Cup Finals, and we're done with the year. So there's a lot to come moving forward. Uh, but some of it really is just really, really fast, like ATP 250s, uh, to rack up some points, really, toward the end of the year for a lot of these players. So, like I said, this episode really about Roger Federer calling it quits and being done in the world of tennis. It was tough to see, but I think he did it in a miraculous way, in a way that you would expect out of Roger Federer. It was kind of cool that it wasn't at a Grand Slam. I think that made it even better. Um, and I think even though he lost and Team Europe lost, it was still a success for his retirement for sure. Appreciate you listening. As always, a lot going on in the world of tennis this week. Sorry I was late. I was on vacation, but we got this in Wednesday. We'll talk more about the ATP 250s and what's to come in tennis, who's coming back on the scene, and really who's going to be grinding it out for the next month in the world of tennis. Uh, That's it for now. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening. Take care. I'll talk to you next week. See ya! Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.